Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Breno Arejo. Breno is the founder of Boto, a no-code platform that allows anyone to build and share automation. Before Boto, Breno was the head of revenue intelligence for Ripple and has been in the blockchain industry since 2016. Breno has been coding since he was 12 years old and has an MBA from INSED and a BSc in Mechatronics Engineering from Pucurio. Welcome to the show, Breno. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for having me. I'm very excited about it. Great. So let's get started. So, Breno, I'm, I'm really, really excited to have you on our Mentors That Make a Difference segment of our show. Thank you so much for being an ally for women in technology. Tell us more about you. Yeah, um, okay, just I'll try to be a bit brief. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm originally from Brazil um, and I've been always passionate about technology from a very early age. I started coding when I was 12. Um, and I think from, you know, um, <clears throat> um, I've been, uh, what, what would I say? I studied mechatronics engineering, which is um, kind of robotics, mechanics, and electronics. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been, in more in the business side of things than tech per se, but I have always used tech to as an advantage throughout my career. Um, and then um, now recently I started a company on my own um, where I had to build the software and everything. So um, mm -hmm. definitely more on the tech side um, <clears throat> and being in the crypto space for a few years now since 2016. Um, yeah. That's great. That's great. A lot of technology experience and business experience together, which is really, really beneficial. We find a lot of times, you know, if the business founder or owner has one or the other, they always have to have somebody else to help them on the technology side or the business side. So it's great that you have both. Thank you. Um, so yeah. As you know, this podcast is focused on bridging the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. What are you seeing in the industry today? Do you see things changing a little bit? Are more women coming into technology, or is it going backwards? Because sometimes I look at the numbers and I get discouraged. So what are you seeing from your lens? It's a good question, and it's, and it's a topic that's very close to me. I mean, I've, I've always cared a lot about fairness, you know, mm -hmm. and, and one of the very principles and values we have in our company since the beginning. Um, I even had a company before, which was called Salary Guru, um, which was the whole goal was to equalize uh, salary mm -hmm. pay globally, more yes. based on, you know, merit versus anything else. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and um, it's, it's your question to what we see in the industry, uh, specifically in tech and in, um, I would say in, um, you know, I'm in the crypto space. Um, it's interesting, this space itself, you see uh, quite a few women uh, interested in their space. Uh, um, but when it comes to coding specifically mm -hmm. to be on the engineering side of the companies, it is very hard, uh, very rare. Okay, like I, I open job positions in all fronts. Uh, when it comes to engineering, 5% uh, application wow. from women, you know, and, and, and we try to encourage, we even had the wife of my, the head of engineer, which she used to work for me on my previous company, and uh, she helped to make the apparently the job description a little bit more, um, let's say, attractive to women. So, mm -hmm. like, we really like made an effort to, and still, you you get really few applicants, and I think there's a lot of things there, right? Too. So, right. so it's very hard to 
I, I don't think today is possible. For example, if you, if a company wanted to have 50-50 on a on a on a tech side, engineer side, it, I, I would say is impossible. Unfortunately, uh, from what I see in terms of applications. But on the other side, so but when you look at tech in general, there's a lot of women interested in in in, in the industry. It's just that they will end up in other functions. So our head of community, uh, you know, for example, is a great example. Crystal, she's been in tech f for a long time. She was a number one employee on WikiHow. She was our first. Uh, higher, but our focus first was to get someone to do community because I don't have a strong background in it, and I knew it would be so important for us. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and she's paid equally as engineers, so it's like uh, on a salary level, it's not just uh, gender, but also function-wise, because we know it's so important for us equally as as building the product. We also equalize that, which is not so common because you see, you know, in in other companies also, yeah. Um, they salaries have big gaps when you jump from engineering to anything else or finance to anything else, right? Depending on the industry. So true. I think what you're doing is amazing in equal, you know, providing that equality both for gender equality as well as pay equity. So those are really, really strong things. And you're absolutely right. In the coding area, we are definitely struggling and we need more people. But I think the skill needs to be there. So we need to be thinking about boot camps or apprenticeships or those types of things to build that skill set within the, the women uh, and show them that they can do it because there is some freedom and uh, flexibility in those positions that you can do it from home if you're juggling many other things, correct? So it's really important that they realize that, you know, they can do it. A hundred percent. Yeah. We, we, you know, we, we, we made it very clear that when, when we hired uh, someone more junior, we, we could afford to be selective and, and, and get a woman in the engineering team. Mm -hmm. it, it, is a, it was a bit harder in more senior roles, not just because, not because of us, but honestly, because there's, it's more rare. So because it is right. more rare, companies like Apple and Google will grab them. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's, it's harder, right? But when you go down lower on the seniority level, you, you can afford to, to do that, right? Uh, for, for a small new startup, it's, it's possible. Yeah. And I like what you did with, you know, kind of tailoring the job description a little bit so that women would be interested or tailoring the ads to look for them. That's really great. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for being an ally. That's really, really important for us, you know, to change the, that number uh, in technology. So what are some of the qualities of an ally that we sh should be looking for as we build more allies in the ecosystem? We need to get support for equity. And so how, how can an ally, I mean, you've done some amazing things, but what are your thoughts about an ally, uh, the qualities that they, they need in order to support women? Yeah, it's a... <laughs> It's, it's, it's an interesting question, right? Because I think it's the same quality you would want in any ally, basically. Someone mm -hmm. that cares about you, right? That mm -hmm. believes in you. Um, I, I've seen, like, my, my wife, she has great mentors, great allies uh, had, mm -hmm. had in her career. And um, um, I, on the other hand, I, I had a lot of women mentors and allies, <laughs> funny enough, and yeah. the other way around, my mm -hmm. career mostly, most of the time. And um, I think overall, what I would look for an ally is uh, a person that cares, a person that has done what you're looking to do, because not someone that can tell you how to do things, but doesn't have the experience. Ideally, mm -hmm. you want someone that has walked those shoes, not just, you know, mm -hmm. uh, studied or talked the talk. So really, I think those would be the two main things for me. And that 
you consider you you admire that person, right? right. However, whatever that means, you know, what, it can be someone successful or can be just someone with strong ethics. Uh, whatever you are, you know, you need to admire that ally. Otherwise, you're definitely not going to be great. I don't. Right. No, I completely agree. Those are great, great advice and very good qualities that are important in an ally. So let's talk about company company culture a little bit. How do you build a culture using transparency, fairness, and flexibility? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, th th those are three of our core um, uh, values at Boro. Mm -hmm. And it, it's something that I always question myself as I always I always knew I wanted to have my own company and when it comes to you know values I always question like how do you build that how do you keep those values right so so there are quite a few things that we are doing about it to try to keep that uh, true for example transparency everyone has access to everyone's calendar so everyone can see what you're up to Great. which meeting yeah we really have like transparency in pretty much anything in terms of information whatever you want to ask if it's not already available on a Google Drive or you know um, and we really share sessions. We do, we often, we, we are remote first, so it's a bit tricky, right? Uh, so one of the things we do is we, we use Discord, which is like, which is a chat platform like WhatsApp or Slack. Mm -hmm. um, but it has one interesting thing. It has open channels, voice channels, where you can just go there. So sometimes, you know, we, uh, our head of engineer does that a lot. He goes there and he's coding, sharing his screen all day long. So you can just pop in and see what what he's doing, you know, and okay. and if you want to learn a little bit of what he's doing. So we encourage people to do that, you know. Um, so when it comes to transparency, it, it needs to come an effort from the top, especially, you know, you need to show that you're not afraid of sharing. And then you see how this propagates throughout the company and people share more. Um, when it comes to um, fairness, from you see from our job description how we, we make that very important. So, mm -hmm. for example, we have... Uh, our, our the pays going back to money because at the end of the day that's one of the most difficult topics when it comes to fairness right one of the most sensitive ones right it's money so everyone in the company has a salary and has equity um, and regardless of geography right sex or mm -hmm. race anything it, the salaries are the same for the same that's level great of, mm -hmm. uh, which is just the beginning right that's it sounds obvious, but you know, um, a lot of companies don't do that, and it's so frustrating mm -hmm. when they don't. Like I, I worked in my previous company, they would even say, "Oh, you're moving to this country. Oh, there's less tax there, therefore you're gonna be paid less." I'm like, right. that doesn't make any sense. I'm not adding right. less value to you. Right. I'm adding more value to you. So why are you reducing my pay? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, so looking at pay from a value-added perspective versus a cost perspective, or you know, what matters if that person chose to live in a cheaper place, cheaper country, you know, what's, why would you pay them less, right? It's their mm -hmm. choice. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so definitely uh, that's a key one. And flexibility, flexibility is a multidimensional uh, value in our company. And it goes from everything we do from coding to, to how we are with people. So we have a few other values that kind of like complement like humility. But when thinking about flexibility, we think about you being flexible, being flexible with your colleagues, being flexible in terms of listening to people, you know, changing your mind. This is all part of flexibility, but also the work we do, um, you know, adapting, changing based on feedback, all that. Um, so how do we keep that, right? Especially on a, on a remote first company. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we are doing is instead of doing performance review solely based on performance, which is 
so two things actually that's related to not having bonus so we don't have bonus in the company everything we can do we increase salary instead of bonus and we give equity which is a little bit more aligned to long-term vision right mm -hmm. and then the other problem with bonuses is that you have to measure people in order to pay them right uh, and those measures are not always super helpful because sometimes people do a lot of work that adds a lot of value but it's, it wasn't set up in your bonus structure and then you're not going to value them for that side so we decided not to to measure performance based solely on on your job and and certain metrics such as how much you sold you know this quarter mm -hmm. or anything mm -hmm. like that uh, actually performance is one out of eight criterias in your uh, assessment and all the other ones are values so so you get assessed by all your peers on your fanners how fair are you you know how how transparent are you you know mm -hmm. Which is, is interesting because if you think about performance, not everyone can assess an engineer's performance. Like the, I, not everyone could assess um, a, a community's person performance or because they don't know their job, right? They don't know how to assess someone else's job that is not related to what they do or they have no experience at. But mm -hmm. they can assess if that person is fair, if that person is nice, or if that okay. person is, you know, <laughs> a, a, a toxic person to work with. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what you want to do is shine a light in toxic behaviors early on. Right. And that hopefully and, and also reward good behavior or or at least behavior that is aligned to your values, to the company's value. And this will help you to keep the culture right. So that, that's how we are doing. So people's assessments are more based on the values than performance. I love that. I love that out of the box thinking, whereas, you know, performance is one thing, but there's so many other factors and the core values are so critical to the company that those are the things that you should measure on. It's so true. I mean, job is one thing. Your your performance on your job is definitely important, but it's only one piece of eight, like you said. So that's that's very, very interesting and very different and very good, I think, um, from a company perspective as well as employee perspective. So you said you reward good behaviors. Do you do that throughout the year? How do you do that? What are the rewards? Yeah, we, it's mostly based on your career progression promotions and uh, because we don't have bonus, right? Uh, mm -hmm. It's based mostly on your career progression uh, promotions. So we have been around for only one year, so we haven't done that yet mm -hmm. much. Right, but, right. Uh, but the idea is with the assessments, we see, okay, this person, uh, you know, really, you know, uh, where's the values of the company and and we want to reward this person uh, not just on performance on how they're being and and the value they bring to the company so that that's it and then promotion will come also with with uh, additional equity in the company most likely you know nice. because uh, typically you give more uh, stock options uh, mm -hmm. as you promote people great I love this. This is great. So why is it so important to have equality with gender and pay? You talk about that all the time. You're an ally for it. But why do you think that's important for your culture, for your company? Because you're practicing what, you know, everybody preaches. I think it's important because I, I don't know if you've ever seen this experiment where um, they they test with uh, two monkeys in terms of they give them the monkey a task. And um, so there are two monkeys, uh, yeah. one on the left and one on the right side. And and the task is you give a, a rock to the monkey and the monkey needs to give you back the rock. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there is, um, and after that you reward the monkey. So so what the scientists did is for one of the monkeys, for the one on the left, they reward them with a cucumber. Monkeys mm -hmm. are not so crazy about cucumbers. You know? mm -hmm. And then for the one on the right, they reward them with grapes, which just happens Ooh. to be one of their favorite fruits. Mm -hmm. 
the moment you do that the first time and reward them with a cucumber, the, the one on the left is okay with it, you know, goes and eats and whatever. But the moment it sees that the one on the right for the same task is getting a grape, mm. the one on the left starts getting pissed. So mm -hmm. the second time, the one on the left already gets like upset and throw you back the cucumber. You know, it, it checks first if the rock is wrong, there's something wrong with what I'm doing, is that something wrong with the task, is there something wrong with this rock? It's really interesting, right? So mm -hmm. what is that to say is that fairness is it's an animal is not is is not a human only thing you know it's it's so embedded in our dna and um that it can really cause bad behavior like the monkey goes really upset and start throwing things at the at the you know at the mm -hmm. scientist and and you don't want that right. <laughs> so so, from right. a, so if you want to have a good good culture uh being treating people fair fairly and transparent it's 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 essential right you, you can't and you can't have fairness if you don't have transparency right mm -hmm. so um so yeah uh, i think that that that's why for me it's it's so important and i've been on the other side of things i've been on the side where i worked as hard or harder than and then my peers and my 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 boss and and i see that i'm adding value but then when it comes to promotion it's like oh the maximum we can give is a three percent per mm -hmm. year promotion where's that number coming from mm -hmm. but i do better than these other person yeah but but just because i started from a lower salary because i was more junior but now i do more than this person and i i still get paid less that mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense to me and then i get what happened is i get frustrated right mm -hmm. the company risks losing the person who adds more value just because they are treating people unfairly and 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 by the way treating people equally doesn't mean giving the same money right it's giving the right money, the same money for people who had the same value, right? Right. Yeah. Which is important distinction. Uh, you know, being fair is not being necessarily. I mean, when we say equality, we don't say equality across everything because that would be like communism, right? Mm -hmm. And, and that, that's not. That doesn't help as well. That doesn't that doesn't work. You you need to, like in in just in the justice system, you have this concept that in order to be fair, you need to be unequal because you need to you need to treat like people. Uh, based on the circumstances, right? Two people might have committed the same crime, but in very different circumstances, right? And and then the punishment is different. So in the same way, when you are giving people salary and everything, you need to take the the, the context in, in consideration, the value they add, right? Not not just. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is great analogy. I love the monkey analogy because it makes so much sense. And when you treat people fairly, you've got retention, you've got long time, you know, loyalty, all of those types of things. You're going to get more, more work out of them. They're going to do better. I think there's so many good things about it that, um, you know, we sometimes can't even measure on a daily basis. But that's that's really good. I love that. Um, so you believe in companies investing in their communities. And I know in the beginning you said your first hire was somebody for the community. So tell us why that's so important to you. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I think it, in our case specifically, okay, uh, community is, is, is part of our solution to the problem, right? We are democratizing automations, uh, bots in general. Um, focus on the web three blockchain space mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to democratization it means you know bringing it making it more available to to a broader audience and when it comes to automation we are talking about logic we are talking about adding a logic layer on top of the information layer that the internet has today and and i cannot think that 
us, the team that work at Boto, will be the most creative and find the most interesting or the best uh, automation because that's very personal and and so so bringing community driven content and community driven in our case logic and automation is essential for our long term differentiation in the market and 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 value that we are bringing so so community from day one was also part of the vision part of the product uh, i would say and um so so for us was you know utmost importance but i think it is important for every company in in, in general because it, you impact people around you. And it's a funny thing, you know, I was talking with my wife today about a job. We just hired someone recently and we are looking for other people now. So please, if you're interested, mm-hmm. um, check it out. And um, I was looking at and seeing how sometimes people treat, companies treat their candidates, you know, and it's quite badly. Sometimes they don't reply for people for a month or yeah. you go into interviews and then they, you know, ghost you. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, if they just treated their candidates as they, as if they could be potential customers, because most of them are potential mm-hmm. customers one day mm-hmm. or another, it would be different, wouldn't it? So why not? Why not treat everyone, which is the community, right? Your candidates are part of your community, your users, your customers are part of your community, your partners. I mean, you need to treat them, you know, as a community. Otherwise, you can't live on your own, uh, you know, on your bubble. Um, so it's essential for any company. Yes, I completely agree with the community aspect. I love the community-driven piece that you're implementing for differentiation. I think that is amazing. Um, and also what you said about, you know, um, it is really, really important to have um People build your company. You can't do it in a bubble. You can't do it alone. You need people. And so, you know, being transparent, being fair to them and uh, investing in a community is so important. And I think you've got such good ideas in this area. I love it. I just, I love your thinking about, you know, a company. I think you're going to be very, very successful long-term. So you've had a career. Now you're owning a business. Is there anything that you can think of or one thing that you wish you had known when you began your career that you've learned now over the years? Overall, I think one thing that I learned, um, unfortunately, and unfortunately it's still out there a lot, but people need to be mindful of is, um, well, I think one of the things is company culture for me, it's super important. I worked in a company where I did not fit the culture, the culture culture was very toxic and it was the worst company I ever worked for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one uh, thing that I think, you know, find a company where you feel like you fit in. Don't find a company because you admire necessarily the product or find a company where you fit in. I think that's so important. The best company I worked for was my last job was a repo and, and I felt like as the company culture was much closer to mine. You know, mm-hmm. I won't say one culture is better than the other. So what is important for you and what is close to you, right? Right. Yeah. So I think that's one. And then the other thing is sometimes you're going to get across people who are potentially going to be your bosses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I think, um, you know, I mentioned the concept of mini tyrants and, and they are sort of mini tyrants on their own. And think that in the long term, they're not going to matter. You're not going to remember them. Um, you know, um, so so typically what they do, they make gonna make you feel smaller than you are because they don't want you to shine. So be mindful 
be careful with them, you know, in the sense of uh, respect, but be mindful and try not to, you know, um, don't feel, uh, don't let them take you, bring you down, basically. You okay. Know? Yep. Uh, yep. I would say. That's great. Um, I think uh, the the piece about, you know, fit in, fitting in into a company is so important. Now, can you tell me if there is a way that you would assess that as part of your interview process? Because sometimes you don't really know until you sit down at the job and then you find out, right? So any ideas on that? Very true. Um, I would say that most of the time in the interview process, mm-hmm. you you do get a feeling. Trust your gut. You know, okay. it's something that is hard to assess. It's hard to mentally assess, but more often than not, your gut is right about those things, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you meet the first meeting and you're like, my, you know, oh, I don't, did I have a good feeling about that, that interview? Mm-hmm. I didn't have a good feeling about that. And then you go and you get the job and then later you're like, you know, I was right all along. Trust mm-hmm. your gut instinct on those things because our, our rational brain is not so good at making these kind of decisions, but our gut feeling is much better. The other yeah. thing is, you know, sometimes the interview process itself is already very revealing of how the company works. You know, mm. who do you speak first? Is that with an HR person or the person that makes the decision, the hiring mm-hmm. manager? I would say if the hiring manager is more, more interesting because it shows a lot of things, right? That first, this person cares about who they're hiring a lot mm-hmm. and, you know, and they're not afraid of talking to that person. How do they schedule the meetings? Do they have like three layers of 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 you know of people to get to schedule something, or they make the process very so the whole process itself is very telling in terms of comparison to how would you like the process mm-hmm. to be? How would you mm-hmm. you know how respectful are they? How how responsive they are? And if if the company has um, uh, cultural fit interviews, those are great. So I had in my past sometimes interviews with five people. For a job. Mm-hmm. The most I had was 11. You know, wow. I had, I went through 11 interviews. And and the good thing about them is that you get a huge uh, insight about the company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people tend to be more candid and all that. So um, those companies, if you have a chance, use those interviews to assess how it would be to work there. Ask people, don't be afraid. More often than not, you get very candid people on the other mm-hmm. side, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I would think that the company is also looking for the right fit. They don't want somebody that's a mismatch. So asking those questions, it should be open. If they're not open to it, that's a red flag as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think like a, a lot of companies don't realize that, you know, giving more interviews to the candidate, let them assess you better and you want them to assess you better. You Absolutely. want them to say, no, I don't want to work there because I don't, I don't think I'm going to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. You know, you you want the people who are interviewing to be transparent. Don't tell them to stick to, you know, to don't not be transparent because that's not helpful. You, you're no. only harming yourself as a company by doing that. That's right. That's right. And people don't really realize that. And when you said you met with 11 people, I was thinking that's awesome because you got 11 different perspectives of the company okay. and, and what they think is important and all of that. And then you can assess to say, okay, now that I see a bigger picture, I can, you know, make a decision if I fit or not. So that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so who have been the most influential people in your life that have motivated and brought you to this point to be a founder and, 
and owner of a company, um, name three people that maybe, you know, you attribute some of your growth to. Yeah, it's, um, there were a lot of people throughout my career that helped me. Um, but when it comes to being more influential, I have no doubt, like my wife is one of them, you mm -hmm. know, she, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have done the leap to, to start my own company. She was the most supportive person in my whole That's, life mm -hmm. that, that helped. And it was a very difficult moment. She was pregnant. She had left her job. She was studying. We were about to have a baby um, in four months. She mm. was due, and we were going to have six months of money to be able to meet the uh, rent. Mm. <laughs> so... So it was a very, very tough, and she was extremely supportive. She's like, you know, it's, it's, it's your calling. You have to do it, and we will find a way. And, um, and, and we did, and mm -hmm. managed to raise funds just before the baby came. And mm -hmm. the baby was born December tenth, and the, the first check arrived December twenty fourth at Christmas. Wow. wow! And it was crazy, but definitely worth it. Um, mm -hmm. we definitely, I, I wish he hadn't been that tough and timing wise, and my wife certainly wish so as well mm -hmm. uh, so i i need i must say she was definitely the most influential in terms of me starting my own company nice. not just because of that and because of before in my career she's been a great supporter she helped mm -hmm. me with career moves and everything when i didn't believe in myself she would so so that's great mm -hmm. um then i would i would say you know um my parents like honestly my mom has always believed in me so it's been great and my father as well and and my grandmother, she's mm -hmm. been like a whole model for me because she was so such a like a, a hustler. Like she would do. I, I was growing up in Brazil, and she would like um, she didn't really have to work that much, but she would like start the thrift shop in in the slums, and I would go and work with her after school, mm -hmm. you know. And then she started a a restaurant like in the slums as well, and I would go and and work with her and help with. Mm -hmm. And I think she showed me so much in terms of ethics and. Um, mm -hmm. And work ethics that, yep. that definitely was very influential to me that's great so i love that you said your wife because that support is so important of a partner right i mean that that's what got me started 32 years ago mm -hmm. uh with my husband saying this is what you need to do go do it i will have a full-time job i mean i wasn't you know in the situation that you were in and you did amazing <laughs> to come out of it um but you know, even then we, we had to sacrifice a lot where, you know, instead of having two salaries, we had one salary and we had to make it, make it happen. Or we had two daughters. So, you know, I, I really get that, but that support and motivation and belief in your partner is so critical, I think for success. And then parents, obviously, you know, we learn so much from them. And I feel like my work ethic also comes from my parents because I just am relentless. You know, I won't stop until it's done. And sometimes that's to my detriment. But, you know, it's yeah. good. It's good. I love that your grandma just pushed and, you know, her work ethic really spoke loud to you, which was really great. That's great. Um so in closing, what advice would you give to a woman considering a career in the tech industry? Um, I, I would say, I mean, for, for, what I, for what I see, a couple of things. I mean, the tech industry is very open today to have more women. Um, but I think it is still very, depends on the geography you are. Um, so 
I think San Francisco startups from the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, in the US are very open. Europe, some some places in Europe, but um, yeah. So so be smart. Go for the ones that you know are are, are open to that. I, I that you know have that as part of the culture. That you know that they want to that and bring more women into in, into their companies because that's where you're gonna have probably the best, uh, not just the best chance of getting in, but also most the best career, right? And the best mm-hmm. support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's one, right? Um, and I mean, I talk about geography, but of course we know cases where the culture was horrible for, for women, even in, in the Bay Area, like Uber, mm-hmm. and, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so there are, there are it, it, yeah, it's not a full like binary answer, but but I, right. I would say in general, startups from certain geographies are more open to, and when you are in, um, yeah, definitely find an ally. Um, and, um, you know, there are so much like women in tech and other supports. I, I was I was a mentor and a coach in the uh, Cartier Initiative, Women Initiative, right? It's not mm-hmm. tech per se, but so there are so many groups and, and support for women nowadays that in my previous job, I mentioned um, um, I, I moved someone from support to, to my team uh, and she was a woman and, and she had been through a lot of struggle in the team she was working at. Mm-hmm. And and that team had a, a little bit of a mafia from, you know, uh, male uh, dominated mafia, mm-hmm. but not just the male. They were all kind of like from same, mm-hmm. same group, ethnic nationality, and 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 be mindful of those because you're not going to change people's behavior, <laughs> not no. fully. You know, it's not. There's no point in fighting fully, but raise your voice. And, and the other thing is, raise your voice up in the chain. Don't worry about you know more likely or not. It's either going to be two things, right? You're going to see that the person above cares, which is great, and and they want to hear what's going on in their company because not always is obvious to people. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we, we do this evaluation because imagine when the company grow, you don't know where are the bad apples. We right. want to know, right? right. So, um, so that's one. But if you happen to have actually the other way around, the person at the top is even worse, then you know, leave it, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> do you need right. any more cues to, to change, right? right. Um, and, and, and yeah, unfortunately, it, it is like that. It's not just for women. It's, it's for uh, you know uh, race, nationalities, and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that advice applies to most of the minority groups. Right. You know. Uh, so so yeah. Overall, that's great advice. So find an ally, and let your voice be heard. It is so important that you have a voice in a company because. Uh, inclusion is really what makes a company sustainable, profitable, all of those things. So bringing bringing in different ideas, not all, every idea is going to be a great idea for the company, but encouraging people to have a voice is so, so important. So this is great advice. Thank you so much. Well, Breno, this has been such a pleasure and an honor to be to have you on the show. I love your mindset. I wish you all the best in your in your company, which I know you're going to do amazing work. Um, if you wanted to share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you, thank you, Jennifer, and uh, yeah, thank you so much um, for having me. It was a pleasure. I really like the questions, and um, I think. Uh, the best way to to get in contact with me it's either on LinkedIn um, you know Breno if you look for Boro.io you're probably going to find there as well easily um, and the other way would be on Twitter um, same mm-hmm. thing you know
Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Brenna, it was a pleasure again. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I hope to have you on a future show sometime. Great. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.